Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, would you know what to do if you were stuck in your car for hours or even days on end, trapped in a winter storm like hundreds of people in Virginia were earlier this week? Also this morning, more of the latest technology trends and innovations from this year's Scaled Back Consumer Electronics Show. In our Throwback Thursday segment this morning, forbearance on federal student loans has been extended yet again. It's welcome relief, but it does nothing to address a much larger problem. And we have details on live entertainment at the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts during the month of January. Heather Clough will tell us what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, January 6th, 2022. Today is Epiphany, the Christian tradition, Western Christian tradition holds that this is the date in which the Magi arrived uh, to see the baby Jesus. And uh, interesting, the Bible never really says three wise men, Uh, it just talks about uh, the Magi from the East uh, arriving, and we kind of assume it's three because they bought three gifts. And there is no record of Mary and Joseph trying to return <laughs> a duplicate gift. <laughs> I mean, there could have been, uh, you know, four wise men, and uh, maybe they just doubled up on the on the gifts. But uh, <laughs> there's no record Mary and Joseph going back to Walmart saying, "We'd like to return this frankincense. <laughs> we we already have some. We had two <laughs> we just don't need that much. So we gonna anyway, do can we get a store credit for this? Anyway. <laughs> and I'm, I've always been a little curious uh, about this. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Did the wise men arrive before or after the little drummer boy? I, I don't know. Never been really clear on that either. But anyway, uh, Epiphany, today the 12th day of Christmas, or as we were talking about the other day, this will start a big debate among people. It is National Take Down the Christmas Tree Day. There are a lot of folks who believe that this is the appropriate day to take down the Christmas tree on the 12th day of uh, Christmas or Epiphany. Also today, uh, having nothing to do with that, it is Apple Tree Day. It is Bean Day, National Smith Day. So big shout out to everyone named Smith today. It is National Technology Day, and it is Cuddle Up Day, which today is a good day for that at, at the wind chill of zero and uh, temperatures. Um, I like in the forecast, they say, technically, it's going to be 20 degrees. Technically, but it's not going to feel that warm. <clears throat> so anyway... So if you are uh, laying in bed this morning uh, trying to decide whether you want to get up because you're just still a little groggy as the alarm clock goes off, here's something you should be aware of. A new survey finds that the worst app to use right before falling asleep, and a lot of sleep experts say that you should not be on your device at all within like an hour of trying to to go to sleep because it can mess up your circadian rhythms or whatever but the worst app of all TikTok uh this survey finds that TikTok users 
took over a, an hour longer than average to fall asleep and spent 14% of their sleep in the REM phase, which is only half of the recommended amount for a healthy adult. They recommend not using any electronics at all for, oh, well, here it says at least two hours before bedtime. Uh, but the worst app of all is TikTok. So if you do use your device, just don't use TikTok before you go to bed. If you have been uh, feeling down, a little uh, depressed, a little sad, a little seasonal affective disorder, maybe is uh, getting out of you want to uh, pick yourself up, <laughs> researchers at the University of Exeter have found that skateboarding may be the answer. How about that? Uh, they find that skateboarding allows middle-aged people to cope with depression and stress while also offering a potential common ground for parents to bond with their kids. <laughs> uh, Dr. Paul O'Connor, who is the sociological researcher on this study, says people are often saying that skateboarding is a lifeline. Uh, it gives them a creative outlet and a chance to reconnect with the freedom of youth. He believes the nature of skateboarding, which celebrates failures as part of growth may help adults loosen up and enjoy themselves. He also says cruising on a longboard can be done relatively safely with the proper protective equipment. <laughs> relatively safely. I love how he puts that. Because my first thought when I saw this headline, if you have been feeling down, you might want to try skateboarding uh, and give you a chance to bond with your kids. Yeah, in traction in the hospital, you'll have... Plenty of time to bond with your kids while you're recovering from your injuries. Uh, we've done relatively safely. Anyway, a couple of other uh, things among the first things you need to know uh, this morning. Legal authorities in Spain. This I thought was kind of interesting. In Spain, legal authorities have untangled a complicated issue that many couples face when they get divorced. Who gets the family pet? Child custody arrangements uh, are commonplace, um, although often sometimes stressful, but pets are often caught in the middle, it says. In the U.S., our, furly, our furry, scaly, fishy, and feathery family members are considered property, but in Spain, they have become the latest to instead consider pets as living beings, and as such, their welfare must now be taken into account if a marriage goes south. It's not just strictly a property arrangement. You have to think of what's best for the pet. According to this report, the new ruling in Spain amends the existing civil code and mandates that a divorcing couple must guarantee a pet's well-being and that means any partner who has a history of cruelty to animals could get shut out of any custody arrangement, which sounds reasonable. That sounds reasonable. If you have a uh, history of cruelty to animals, you probably should not get the family pet. But uh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, or if Pope Francis had his way, people just wouldn't have pets, apparently. Did you hear about this? Apparently, Pope Francis 
uh, went off, kind of went off on pet owners, especially those who choose having pets over having children. He called them selfish the other day. Uh, Speaking before an audience of the Vatican on the subject of parenthood, His Holiness suggested that favoring a dog or a cat over a baby is a denial of fatherhood and motherhood and diminishes us and takes us away, uh, takes away our humanity, the Pope said. Takes away our humanity to have pets but not kids. And uh, apparently there was either some pushback or a murmur in the crowd, and he doubled down on this, adding, this may make people laugh, but it is a reality. Uh, He was worrying over declining birth rates, and he has talked about this before. Uh, In 2014, Pope Francis said that pet ownership was another phenomenon of cultural degradation. Uh, and he does not have any pets at the uh, at the Vatican. His predecessor, uh, Pope Benedict, uh, did have cats at the Van- Vatican, but not so Pope Francis. He's, he's not a big pet person, apparently, and doesn't think you should be either, I guess. Well, that would solve the uh, pet issue in divorces, I suppose, which you're also not supposed to have, I guess. But anyway, so uh, you've been uh, following the story of the... Uh, big backup on I-95 in Virginia uh, earlier this week. Uh, icy roads wreaked havoc for thousands of people uh, who were trapped in their vehicles for, in some cases, 24, 36 hours, something. It was just a nightmare uh, for all of these people who were stuck in this gigantic 40-mile traffic jam for hours on end. But maybe the one person who got the worst of it... <laughs> I saw this story was a one poor Uber rider who was stuck for nine hours and hit with a $600 bill (laughs) for his Uber. Uh, Andrew Peters uh, tells local news reporters he was coming in from San Francisco, did not really realize what was going on weather wise. So uh, after landing at Dulles International Airport, he hopped in an Uber bound for Richmond And lo and behold, got stuck in this giant traffic jam. Now, he was only stuck for nine hours, but he said it was kind of scary. We didn't have any food or water. He finally made it home, uh, and his Uber bill was $200, which I guess he expected based on where he was going from the airport. He knew it was going to be pretty high, but he says then Uber tacked on an additional $400 in charges for a $600 bill in total. Um, he says he's still trying to find somebody to explain to him why he was charged. The only thing that he can figure out, according to Uber's website, quote, heavy traffic may cause your trip to take longer than expected and to compensate your driver for the additional time, your fare may change. (laughs) He was stuck in a historic traffic jam with thousands of other people. Uh, like a 40-mile traffic jam, and Uber's going <laughs> to charge him $400 because he was stuck. He got his Uber driver stuck. <laughs> I don't know if you'd be able to, to uh, dispute that charge or not. It's crazy. And how about this? If you are looking for your dream job, still searching for your dream job, we may just have it here. Planters has the opportunity of a lifetime for someone 
They are accepting applications and will be hiring three peanutters to chauffeur Mr. Peanut in the 26-foot-long nutmobile from coast to coast and celebrate communities they visit along the ride. Yes, you could be an escort for Mr. Peanut. Uh, but you do need, apparently you do need a bachelor's degree <laughs> in order to in order to uh, apply. You can apply through January 24th at beapeanutter.com. But they want a bachelor's degree. <laughs> Mom and dad will be so proud that they know that their $100,000 for your college education has not gone to waste. There you go. Uh, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, mostly cloudy and breezy today with a high of 24. Cloudy and cold tonight, a low of 14. The Finley-Hancock County Public Library has been quickly going through their supply of free at-home COVID testing kits. The library posted on their Facebook page yesterday that they had the kits back in stock, and within a few hours, they were gone. The library recommends that people call ahead to see if they have the kits available or check their social media. Always feel free to call ahead to check if we have them so you can come in and pick them up. Or we can always do curbside pickup uh, to reserve kits for you if we've got them. The library says the Ohio Department of Health has been good with restocking them with test kits when they run out. And again, they say to call or check their social media to see if they have any available. Toledo Public Schools has canceled classes for the rest of the week as COVID cases rise among students and staff. School leaders hope making these moves now will prevent the possibility of remote learning for the entire second semester. We have notified parents, though, and students and our staff to start making preparations that we may have to go remote or at-home learning by school. It would depend upon the confirmed cases of COVID. School officials stress these decisions, now going into a third year of the pandemic, aren't made lightly. They know the pressure it puts on students, parents, and staff. That's WTOL 11's Roxanne Elias reporting in Toledo. Tim Miley, director of Finley-Hancock County Economic Development, has been selected as the new president of the Ohio Economic Development Association. OEDA has been around for quite some time. It's an organization that focuses on workforce development for the economic development profession and gives us an opportunity to get together and, and talk about policy. Tim says being president of the OEDA is not only a good opportunity for him, but also for the Finley-Hancock County Economic Development Office. Get more on our website. The University of Finley men's basketball team has had to postpone some upcoming games. UF says the men's basketball program has postponed its games at Malone University today and at home against Walsh University on Saturday. The games are being postponed due to COVID protocols. UF says the rescheduled dates for the games will be announced once they're finalized. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So now to our cover story this morning. It is certainly not uncommon in the winter weather that you get a severe storm and drivers can get trapped on the road for maybe... A few hours or whatever. But what happened in Virginia earlier this week was that scenario to the extreme. 
Which got us to thinking, would you know what to do if you were stuck in your car for uh, hours or even days uh, trapped in a winter storm like that? Uh, along with uh, thousands, hundreds or thousands of other people. Uh, joining us this morning is uh, Red Cross uh, Director Todd James. And uh, Todd, it, like we said, it's not uncommon for people to get stuck uh, in a winter storm. But uh, it's hard to imagine being stranded on the highway with no way of, of really getting out for 24 hours or so like hundreds even thousands of people uh, were on the east coast yeah luckily that situation is not the norm uh and uh that that yeah. i think is what making it making it such uh, an amazing story is how many people were involved and how long it right. lasted for but it is unfortunately you know it is not uncommon for a lot of folks to spend a few hours maybe stuck in their car in the winter um, due to the nasty weather or uh, an issue with their, their vehicle. And, and a lot of the times you're not surrounded by a whole bunch of other people. You might just uh, be yeah. the only person out well, there. That, so that, we, we want to be prepared for that. Yeah. That's one of the, one of the things in that scenario. I mean, they were on the interstate is like 40 miles uh, worth of uh, traffic backup. So at least, at least people knew they were there uh, around this part of the country. Uh, it's very easy to get stuck maybe on a rural road. You may be the only person around for miles, uh, especially in a bad storm where other people are trying not to be out. Uh, and so it might be even more complicated for rescuers to, uh, to get to you. So with all of these things in mind, what should we know in order to prepare for something like that? Might, which might, uh, which could happen to anybody. Sure. Well, you know, the first thing we want to try to do is not find ourselves in that situation, of course. Um, so if you are traveling in the winter, always check the forecast, get a good idea of what the conditions are, where you're traveling or what the conditions might be later in the day. Uh, so you can be prepared for that. And, and you might have to make the decision of whether you need to be on the road or not. I mean, if it's really nasty out and you don't have to travel, um, and sometimes it is best to just stay home or stay where you are. Maybe right. a, a storm hits later in the day and you're at work. It might be sometimes the right call to stay at the office and try to get home. Um, but if you, you know, just to be uh, safe in general this time of year and really any time of the year, but much like you and I have talked many times about the need to have an emergency supply kit for your home, it's a good thing to also have one for your car, and especially this time of year with, with certain items in it. So if you do find yourself stranded, um, that you can make sure that you and uh, any of your your passengers that might be in the vehicle with you can stay safe until help can get there. Right. And uh, that would include maybe some extra snacks, water, um, you know, blankets, obviously, those kinds of things. Yeah, you know, if you're going to put together a, a supply kit for your car, some of the things to think about, as you mentioned, maybe, and, and think about how many people might be in your car at any given time. So yeah. Standard, maybe for you and three or four other folks. So you want to plan for that. Uh, blankets or sleeping bags, enough for everybody. Maybe some extra clothing, you know, dry socks, mittens, boots, those kind of things. Um, you know, in newspaper can make really good insulation and help keep you warm. So you might want to throw a stack of old newspapers in the car. Uh, definitely some uh, snacks, some food that are high energy, things like nuts and, and canned fruit and, uh, you know, peanut butter crackers or things that have that protein, that high energy, yeah. um, some extra bottles of water or Gatorade or something like that. 
when you are traveling, make sure that you have your cell phone with you, that you keep it charged, you know, make sure it's fully charged when you get in the car. If you have a car charger, uh, keep it plugged in. It's also uh, a really good idea if you're going to be traveling in bad weather, let somebody know that you're traveling. Let them know what route you're taking and, and when you're mm-hmm. leaving, when you should be there. So if you don't make it on time, you know, somebody knows that, hey, um, you know, Chris was supposed to be here a couple hours ago. It's kind of nasty. Yeah, we haven't heard from him. What? Maybe we better check and see what's going on. And if people know the route you'll be taking, they can sort of retrace your steps and find you uh, that way. You know, talking about keeping uh, all of those supplies in the car, it's important to uh, keep them in a place that's accessible. Uh, you can stick them in the trunk, but if you're stuck in a, a snow drift, you may not be able to access the trunk. And this is true, you know, and, and understanding that you don't necessarily want to have your backseat full, but if you don't have enough, you know, if you're not filling up the backseat with passengers, you could put them in the backseat, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely keep them. And if you are going to put them in the trunk, you have a hatchback, but someplace where you can get to them fairly right. easily. Yeah. Um, you know, it, even if your car does get stuck, in most cases, you're probably going to be able to get around and open up the trunk or the hatchback, but you do want to be able to get to it. So man, it's not going to do you any good if you're stuck and you can't get to all the supplies you pack. So if you were stuck, you know, uh, I was reading some uh, advice, a uh, number of uh, pieces from AAA, from the uh, Red Cross and and so on. One of the things, and I thought this was kind of interesting and a, and a really good idea, uh, finding a way to let people know that you are in your car. Again, it's not uncommon to find abandoned cars in bad weather, which is not necessarily a, a good idea. You're uh, most cases better off to stay with your car but to let people yeah. know that you're there maybe hanging a, a cloth out the window or tying it to your uh, radio antenna if you still have a radio antenna not too many cars <laughs> do these days but you know yeah. you get the idea to just let people know that there's somebody in the vehicle yeah like you said that, that that's the number one uh, recommendation is to you know, hang a brightly colored cloth a red cloth uh, or that you know red kind of indicates that help and that's that help color, but hang something outside the car, hang it out the window. You could open up your hood, you know, open the hood up. That mm-hmm. that kind of is a call to someone that says, hey, there's a car that, that looks like it could use some help. Um, if you are, you know, if you are stuck, number one, as you said, stay with your car. Unless you can see there's some help, like within 100 yards or so, hey, there's there's another vehicle and it's about 100 yards away. I can walk over and ask for help stay with your car. You don't, you don't want to get lost. You don't want to get out in the cold because you have to also worry about things like frostbite, Mm -hmm. hypothermia. Right. So you want to stay with your vehicle. Um, it's okay to turn the car on about 10 minutes each hour. That gives you a chance to heat up the car. Um, that's also a good time. Maybe you can be recharging your phone. If you've got your cell phone charger with you, um, make sure that you crack a window. So you want to make sure that you keep the car ventilated uh, and, you know, one thing you do want to check if you have the opportunity is try to keep your exhaust pipe clear of snow. You don't want to have exactly. the exhaust, the fumes backing up into the car. Right. Uh, also, when when you're running the car, turn the overhead light on. If it's dark outside, that that's an opportunity for folks to see you, too. So while the car is running, you can turn that light on. Yeah. D- don't remember to uh, don't forget to turn it back off, though, uh, when you turn the car off. Yeah. Drain the battery. Uh, even that much. Uh, uh, through it. So, and, and move around every now and then because, uh, you know, that will, again, generate heat. It will also uh, prevent any uh, issues with uh, blood clotting and, and all of that. So yeah, you many- want to you keep your... Ser- 
keep your circulation going, you know, yeah. you, kind of car, you know, like we would, maybe you'd call it some car seat dancing or, you know, <laughs> yeah. clap your, clap your hands together, exactly. give your, give your legs some jogs, but, but keep things moving. Um, you know, if you, if you get stuck in your car for several hours, uh, and it's nighttime, you know, if you've got more than one person with you, take turns sleeping. That way somebody is awake. Yeah. So if you see another vehicle approaching, you, you can turn the car on, you can Honk turn the, the lights on, let them know that you need help. Yeah. So a lot of uh, simple things we can do uh, in the event that we end up trapped in our vehicle in a winter storm. You know, the other thing uh, in Virginia is that uh, storm actually came up fairly quickly, uh, which is a reminder that uh, things can get much worse than you expect, uh, much quicker than you expect. So you think that you it won't happen to you, but you got to really be careful uh, about these things. Again, uh, Todd James, the Red Cross, you've got a lot more uh, information, safety, winter safety, not just in our car, in our homes, and more, which we have linked up at our webpage, so folks can check that out online. Good stuff to know. Again, Todd, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. Chris, thank you for letting us share the information, and uh, you know, we want everybody to be safe out there. As you said, go to the website. There's uh, a lot of great checklists and information. Um, you know, we can have fun and, and we can travel safely in the winter, but a little preparation ahead of time is going to make that a lot easier. A little preparation goes a long way, as always. Todd, thanks very much. Well, once again this morning, we are joined by tech expert and award-winning columnist Jennifer Jolly with more from this year's Scaled Back Consumer Electronics Show, CES 2022 in Las Vegas. And by the way, I understand that you, Jen, like many attendees and exhibitors for that matter, are participating virtually again this year. I am. I am actually on COVID quarantine myself because (laughs) I was exposed to it over the holidays. Yeah. So I've been going hands-on with everything in my own living room. And that's what's really brilliant is that, you know, I've been doing this for so long and working with all these companies, they were able to overnight a lot of the gadgets that they're unveiling to me and I have a (laughs) home studio. So I've gotten almost a a better hands-on than oh, normal yeah. because I haven't had to fight the crowd yeah, to, have, to get a first look at a lot of these guys. Absolutely. Now, I need to apologize because in our conversation yesterday, I got some of my notes mixed up with the things that you wanted to talk about today. And so I asked you a couple of things that you weren't able to talk about yet. So my apologies. I did not mean to put you on the spot there. Uh, no problem. In particular, uh, as I mentioned, just about every advancement involving anything to do with television in the past several decades has debuted at CES. And you have have this year's standout that you couldn't talk about yesterday, but you can give us the scoop today. Well, talk about screens to savor. LG's G2 OLED Evo G series. I mean, wow. This is the pinnacle of OLED tech. It is the brand's brightest, most advanced 4K picture quality to date. So it's kind of like bringing the movie theater right into your living room. Astonishing amounts of contrast, jaw-dropping color gamut. It's like the most realistic images you've ever seen at home, uh, all while being thinner than ever. So it actually looks flush when you put it on your wall Hmm. It's and and you stream. It actually comes, these TVs now come with iconic art already loaded up and on a carousel. So it it looks like you're in an art gallery (laughs) when you're not streaming or gaming, which is really cool. This particular set even uses enhanced AI, artificial intelligence, to detect and enhance faces and objects, wow. which I just think is so cool. That is. We just haven't seen that before. And and the G2 series also introduced the world's 
first 97-inch OLED. I mean, Chris, sometimes bigger really is better. And, you know, if you want to turn your living room into a full-fledged movie theater, 97 inches. Can you imagine that? That is is amazing. Um, Also, we were talking about uh, laptops and NFTs and environmentally conscious technology yesterday. Is there anything that we skipped over that you want to highlight in there? Oh, well, I have so many things to talk about. Um, Bicycle playing cards, they just launched their first ever NFT that dropped and and they've really reimagined the deck of cards for Mm -hmm. a thousand years into the future. Right. Um, Kohler, Kohler uh, came out, they're making a huge splash at CES 2022 with their perfect fill smart bathing tech. This lets you preset a bath to your ideal temperature and depth. And by the way, it keeps it there. Oh, wow. All while using a voice command or the Kohler Connect app. So imagine, you know, it's dead of winter. You're stuck in traffic. You finally get home. You, you need, you're desperate for that Calgon take me away moment. All you have to do is walk in the door, strip down on the way to the bathroom. It's all set up there for you. A smart and, bathtub. And this is, yeah, this is an, a nod to really automating one more thing to make your life that much more awesome. So the company was telling me it's kind of like you can now pre- preheat your oven remotely. Now you can draw a bath remotely. Hmm. So that's really cool. That is cool. Uh, one of the things that I was supposed to ask uh, about yesterday and didn't was health and fitness, which has certainly been a hot category in technology mm-hmm. lately. Yeah, due to the pandemic, the digital fitness industry has absolutely skyrocketed. It is not slowing down. One of my favorites, uh, Hydro, it's really the peloton of rowing with more than 3,000 live and on-demand workouts, professional instructors, an immersive sensory experience that actually makes you feel like you're on the water. Hmm. The company told me it engages 86% of the body's major muscle groups. So I'm an ultra marathon runner. And I have to say, I've been doing this now for two weeks. I am sore in muscles that I didn't even know I had. (laughs) So I can vouch for that. And it's a great low impact way to exercise at home. This, even though it's getting a ton of buzz at CES right now, uh, it's actually out now. So that's one that people can buy okay. right now. All right. Uh, and also online learning, which has uh, been around for a long time, of course, but just exploded during the pandemic. That's yeah. also something that people are buzzing about quite a bit these days. That's right. And the company everybody's talking about, and what I've been talking about for a couple months now, really since back to school, every parent out there is going to know this name sooner rather than later. It's Baiju, B-Y-J-U, Future School Coding Classes. They're the talk of CES this year for really kind of getting that next generation of tech leaders up and running. An expert teacher provides personalized attention in either a one-on-one or one-on-four setting where students ages seven to nine create and implement the basics of programming. They can even build their own apps and games. This is another one that is available now so that it, it's something you can just dive right into. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else that has caught your eye here at CES 2022 in the last couple of minutes we have? Well, because staying charged up is so incredibly important these days, Anchor unveiled a new lineup, including the 535 portable power station. It's super durable, and you can charge as many as nine devices all at once, whether you need an AC outlet, fast charging, all varieties of USB, even has an auto outlet. 
six times longer lifespan than its predecessor. And then also so many companies have doubled down on doing something good for the planet. Targus unveiled an eco-friendly backpack with Apple's Find My Tech baked in. Hmm. That's one more thing we've never seen before. So thanks to that built-in location tracker, you can uh, hunt down that backpack with the Find My app or push a button inside the backpack and it'll ping your phone brilliant for those mad dash mornings when you're just trying to get out of the house <laughs> and we've all had those uh thank goodness we can get out of the house again though uh again uh, award-winning tech columnist uh jennifer jolly with us this morning talking about this year's consumer electronics show and you're writing about all of this uh online right that's right. I have a column at usatoday.com slash tech. I have a weekly syndicated column there. You can also always check out my social media or my own website at techish.com. Let me get to our Throwback Thursday segment here now this morning. Because you remember that uh, part of the COVID response at the federal level, uh, almost from the very beginning included a forbearance on student loans. And uh, it was extended multiple times, was set to finally expire at the end of this month. And the president had said uh, multiple times, not going to extend it again, not going to extend it again. And then a few days ago, the Biden administration extended it again. (laughs) And uh, certainly it has been... Uh, some welcome relief for those who have been struggling under the weight of those student loans, and lots of students have been. Uh, But this is a much larger problem that was a reality long before and will be still long after the pandemic is over. And uh, even though the uh, president has been under pressure to just wave a magic wand and erase all of that student loans uh, debt entirely, you got to think that that's not going to happen and not likely to happen. They can't keep extending this forever. Uh, but again, this is a, a longstanding problem and uh, has been a debate about what to do. The fact is a four-year college education now costs more than $100,000 in many parts of the country, crippling graduates financially before they even get their adult life started. New York Times money columnist Ron Lieber tackles this issue with what he calls an entirely new roadmap for the way we think about a college education in his book, The Price You Pay for College. And last February, we spoke to him about it. It is today's Throwback Thursday. The first question that many would-be students are asking themselves now is, is a degree really worth it anymore? Well, the fundamental economics and the data that behind them haven't really changed. On average, there's about a million-dollar gap in lifetime earnings between people who get a college degree, people who go and actually finish, right? Those are two different things. Right. Not everybody finishes. There's a million-dollar gap between those who finish and those who don't go. And the people who are getting the degrees 
they are not earning more faster, but the people who do not are falling behind more quickly as time goes on. And we're seeing this during the pandemic. It's people without college degrees who are suffering disproportionately in terms of job loss and income loss. Now, it's not like, as we mentioned, this is not like this is a problem that no one knows about. I mean, there have been ideas for attacking this uh, from on the left. They talk about uh, making college tuition free. On the right, they talk about promoting alternatives in the skilled trades. Universities themselves have partnered with community colleges on two-year transfer plans to keep costs in check. There are 529 plans. There are tr- tuition prepayment plans. What is your plan? So, first of all, I'm trying to get people to make sure they understand, you know, what college is for, right? I mean, you need to just to sit down and actually have a conversation with yourself as a parent if you're paying for it, um, and also with your teenager to see what they feel about it. You know, college can be an intellectual amusement park, right? You can go there to have your mind expanded in all sorts of ways. You can go to college to find your kinship, right? To find your kin, right? The the the, the friends and the people who will not just, you know, stand up for you at your wedding and carry your casket at your funeral, but, you know, also be your LinkedIn contacts, the people who might invest in your startup or hire you someday. Mm. And also the mentors, the grownups, um, you know, who will uh, help kind of pull you through life. Uh, and then there's the credential. And for somebody who's going to college for the first time, uh, first in their family to go, um, maybe this is an opportunity to, you know, kind of cement yourself uh, you know, on into the middle class with a, with a teaching degree, um, or, uh, or a nursing degree, or maybe you're looking to jump higher and, you know, and become a doctor, right? But you're looking for some kind of recession proof, um, uh, credential that'll get you there. Or maybe you're gunning for Yale, right? The, the kind of elite institution that could open doors that your family has never walked through before. So you've got to decide what college is before you can begin to shop for it in an intelligent way. Do we also need to ask the same questions again as we talk about, you know, there are politicians and and so on who uh, are are floating all of these ideas for cutting the cost of college down to size so that it is manageable for families uh, once again. Do we also have to ask the deeper questions uh, on that side as well? Like, for example, why does college cost so much to begin with? Those are absolutely worthy questions. Um, and look, on the state side, you know, college costs a lot more than it used to because we don't subsidize it the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the other thing that, that's also true, you know, for public institutions and, and for, you know, the many private ones, uh, you know, in the Midwest and Ohio in particular that really slug it out on, on pricing and discounting is that it is true that they have more people working there than they used to, particularly on the administrative side. But I would argue that that is as many of us would like it to be, right? Um, there are many people who are able to go to college and do things there that were not able to, uh, you know, a generation or two ago, right? There are um, people with mental health conditions who now have, you know, support services in place by law, Um that allow them to get to and through college in a way they might not have before. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the infrastructure that's in place to help first-generation students, uh, you know, in increasing numbers, get to and through college. Uh, I have two daughters, you know, because of Title IX, they're going to have equal access to uh, NCAA playing fields. And, you know, we want the computer network to work and we want the career office to be robust. And we want the mental health counseling center, not just to be, you know, keeping bankers hours and be open at night. And all these things cost money because trained people need to be responsible for them. And yeah. if we were to cut those human resources past 
to the bone, we might not actually like the product that results. We've been kind of asking this question as it relates to the way so many aspects of our lives have been impacted and upended by the pandemic, whether it will change the paradigm moving forward. What about uh, in this case? This has, in many ways, not just because of the cost, but uh, in for many reasons has caused caused many families to you know, reconsider uh, college and what it is all about. So how much of this that we are experiencing now changes the paradigm moving forward with respect to higher education? Well, the thing that I found so interesting about what happened, right, is that in March, you know, everybody got sent home very quickly and shoved into Zoom rooms. Right. And, you know, what they discovered was that uh, the education um, was no longer anything close to what it once was. And the opportunities for kinship, right, for fellowship with their um, with their peers and, and, and with professors and with administrators, you know, that was greatly compromised, too. And so it should not have been much surprise to anybody that, you know, to the extent that people were able to go back in the fall, they did, even though a whole bunch of them got sick, even though it was probably not the best idea from a public health perspective. So what does that tell us? That tells us that people crave the residential undergraduate experience as we have come to understand it in the United States. It is a rite of passage. Many kids in the middle class and above see it as an entitlement, you know, for better or for worse. They've been thinking about it for 14 years of schooling. And so this idea that the pandemic will somehow blow things up or that it's brought to the front, you know, the possibility of other ways of doing things, um, people haven't actually liked these other ways of doing things uh, this last nine months. And um, I, to me, it just only cements the fact um, that the experience of going to college is one that people actually crave and like a lot. From February of last year, our conversation with New York Times money columnist Ron Lieber about his new book, The Price You Pay for College. We have a link up to it at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. Today's Throwback Thursday. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Gotta be honest uh, today, there's really not a whole lot of uh, broken news. Uh, scouring the newswire and uh, not really... File- Usually there is a wealth of strange, unusual, dumb, funny, <laughs> humorous uh, uh, items, but uh, today's kind of a light day. It happens sometimes. There's not a whole lot. Um, there's the story of a cat in Denver, Colorado that has been reunited with its family after being accidentally donated to a thrift store. <laughs> the, the cat was apparently hiding in an old recliner. Uh, Denver Animal Protection said uh, personnel responded to the ARC thrift store in Denver when employees discovered there was a cat hiding inside the chair uh, that had been donated earlier in the day. <laughs> they, were, they were able to extract the feline from the recliner and the family that had donated the chair had had uh, discovered the cat was missing and had gone back to see if uh, they, had, <laughs> they had located the cat. Excuse me. Can you imagine having to go back? How embarrassing would that be? I had to go back to the thrift store and say, uh, excuse me, uh, did you find a cat? So <laughs> uh, the uh, cat was not injured and uh, has been reunited with its family. 
This was a, a crazy thing. I saw this uh, online. Again, it's not typically your uh, broken news item, but I thought this was uh, just absolutely crazy. And we were talking uh, earlier about uh, cars and winter weather and uh, you know that uh, huge uh, thing in, in Virginia with all of those stranded cars and all of that. A car carrier uh, loaded with new cars coming from South Korea hit severe weather in the Sea of Japan on its way to Russia. Uh, and there are photos of this online. When it arrived, uh, the, uh, the ship, the cargo was covered in ice and snow. Can you imagine trying to get uh, all of these cars off of this uh, carrier? They're just encased in ice. Footage showing the cars being unloaded, uh, covered in several inches of ice, multiple inches. Uh, some uh, even had their windows shattered out from the cold. It was, And the uh, name of the uh, car carrier ship, the Sun Rio. <laughs> Not aptly named. Anyway, just thought that was kind of humorous. Uh, one of the world's weirdest scientific developments, speaking of cars, Goldfish have been taught how to drive. Scientists in Israel, with apparently far too much time on their hands, have successfully trained goldfish on how to drive a fish-operated vehicle, or FOV. (laughs) They describe it as a wheeled terrestrial platform that reacts to the fish's movement characteristics uh, in its water tank. Uh, the journal Behavioral Brain Research uh, documents this research uh, where goldfish were able to operate the vehicle, explore their new environment, and reach a target, drive the vehicle, guide a vehicle to a target uh, in order to trigger the release of a food pellet in their tank. So they knew that the reward was waiting for them if they drove the car to a specific location goldfish driving cars i wonder how do you pitch that as a research project you know what i mean how do you go to the higher-ups at your university or what have you and say i've got an idea for a research project i want to teach goldfish how to drive (laughs) and then someone says Sounds like a good idea. Let's let's go for it. <laughs> How do you apply for funding for something like that? I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, speaking of uh, animals, this is, seems pretty bold. There's a viral video going around. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, it shows a woman in Kuwait carrying a lion in her arms down the street. carrying a lion in her arms. Uh, The video was shared on social media on Sunday. Shows this one young woman uh, just walking down the sidewalk with a a lion in her arms. It appears to be struggling. Apparently, the lion belongs to her and her father. It's their pet. Their pet lion. Um. Apparently, it is legal in Kuwait to keep exotic animals as pets. Nothing to see here. Uh, Officers were called in uh, to help capture a big cat when it was spotted wandering the streets, and they returned it uh, to the woman's custody. Here you go. Here's your lion. (laughs) Wow. 
<clears throat> and finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, how would you react to this situation? A woman recently posted on the online bulletin board Reddit that she and her boyfriend had been dating for three and a half months, and she had told him on their first date that she was vegan. Uh, she also explained that whenever he went to her place, she'd feed him completely vegan meals. She said they were once watching a TV show about cooking when her boyfriend commented that he hated when dishes pretended to be meat when they were plant-based, and it was deceptive and gross, and he would never eat that. And that's when she confessed to him and told him that he had been eating vegan a number of times every time she, he went to her, her place. He's, she said he got really mad and accused her of tricking him into eating something that he found disgusting, uh, disgusting and uh, forcing her diet on him. And this sparked a, a huge argument. She added uh, that since all of this went down, the boyfriend has not been over and uh, she's tried to reach out to him, but he has expressed how betrayed he felt. She added he even refused to come over unless she apologized for lying to him. Uh, responders pointed out that his behavior was a, a red flag and he was acting immature, but I don't know. How would you react in such a, uh, a situation like that? Do you find out that what you were eating uh, is not what you thought you were eating? I don't know. I just thought it was uh, kind of interesting. It doesn't seem like a very solid relationship there all the way around. Anyway, like I said, uh, kind of a light day for the broken news this morning. Uh, today's update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. WFIN Radio News. We keep you in the know with the events of our community that affect you and your family. Whenever it happens, you can count on us to fill you in with the information you need. We'll also keep you up to date with all the latest from around the Buckeye State with the help of the Ohio News Network. And we cover the nation and the world with the resources of ABC News. The information you need around the clock from your news authority. 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and now at 95.5 FM. Time for your daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. Uh, with the Omicron variant of COVID-19 causing cancellation of public events, uh, we just heard, uh, got news that the uh, Grammys have been once again canceled or postponed. Kind of like, yeah, it's, that was, we talk about like we're living in Groundhog Day. Last year on January 5th, they announced the Grammys, which were scheduled for January 31st, would be postponed. Yesterday, January 5th, 2022, they announced that the Grammys, which were scheduled for January 31st, had been postponed. It is, this is like Groundhog Day. Just when we thought we were emerging from this, boom. Uh, we're back where we started. It might seem like we are in the worst version of that movie. Uh, and a new survey shows that the pandemic has had a lasting impact on American psyche, our American psyche. More than half in this survey say social events and public gatherings still stress them out. Now, this is a non-scientific poll of 2000 Americans that even though it's non-scientific, um, I, I think the results are, are pretty accurate here. I think just based on what I know from my own personal experience and talking to friends and such, uh, this is a, 
a commission a poll commissioned by the makers of the heartburn relief medication Nexium uh, found that 59% of Americans say they are still hesitant about social interactions uh, despite the vaccines and, and all of that and the fact that Omicron seems to be less severe than previous variants. But that's not really putting people's mind at ease so much. 59% say they're still hesitant about social interactions. 61% of respondents say they are currently feeling their most stress yet uh, is what they have had at any point in the pandemic. Uh, 58% said their stress management skills have worsened since the onset of the pandemic, which again, I can believe it. Are you going to kiss me or not? You're looking to get out of the house. Are we gonna do this the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts has a full schedule of live entertainment and programming. The month of uh, January coming up. Executive Director, Executive Director Heather Klo is uh, with us this morning. Next big show, of course is uh, Thompson Square coming up this weekend. So uh, definitely, and there are still tickets available for that, right? Yes, there sure are. Yeah, Saturday night at 7.30, we bring a little country to the stage. <laughs> that is going to be a, a terrific uh, show. And uh, again, that is coming up on Saturday. Uh, let's kind of uh, not get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, you are registering, uh, aside from the live performances and so on, you are still registering folks for your winter art clubs, and I think there's still, if my uh, information is correct, there's still a little bit of time to sign up for those, correct? Yeah, I think the deadline is tomorrow, so by the end of the day tomorrow, um, and these are visual art clubs. We're working with Jason Wagner, a, a local arts teacher, and we have all ages of, um, you can just come and be in our beautiful gallery and make art. So what types of things will they uh, they be working on? I mean, are they uh, particular media uh, that that you're working with in, in terms of making art, or is it a variety, or how does that work? Yeah, yeah, it's a variety, and it's age-specific. Um, I don't know what is on his agenda for the coming okay. session, but I know last year, uh, last time they did it, they made, mat- like the little kids made masks out of paper bags. Okay. Um, there was some macrame type things. We actually, as a staff, did one with Jason and, and we made little ornaments. Um, so it's all it's all over the place. It really is a nice um, introduction to a lot of different visual art things. And, and you said it's for a variety of age groups. Yeah, from toddlers to teens, and we, it's, you okay. know, it's classified by, um, by age, so you're, okay. with, you're like age group. And uh, more information on the Winter Art Clubs uh, there on the website. So I want to uh, make sure that we mention that because, as we said, the uh, deadline to register for the Winter Art Clubs is coming up tomorrow. So that's the uh, deadline. Get that done uh, ASAP. And also, speaking of the uh, kids' auditions for Madagascar Junior are coming up for Youth Theater. Yeah, Youth Theater's back again, which is exciting. This will be the second uh, post-pandemic production, Mm -hmm. and this is for grades 3 through 5. Auditions are the 17th and 18th of January, but this Saturday we're having a little workshop. So if a kid has never auditioned before or just, you know, wants to know what the process is, they can come to the workshop, learn what it's going to be like on the 17th so they're a little less nervous. Now, for the workshop, do folks need to register for that uh, in advance? 
Yeah, we do ask that people register okay. in advance. For okay, that. and that we is that uh, also that is also coming up on uh, Saturday again. The auditions themselves, uh, the seventeenth and eighteenth, for Madagascar right. Junior and uh, the uh, Youth Theater uh, uh, production of uh, of that show. Now uh, we mentioned this Saturday, uh, Thompson Square. What a great uh, duo this is. They are. They're really interesting acts, I think. I, I know they hit it off real big with their song, uh, Are You Gonna Kiss Me or Not? And they've had, you know, a lot of different um, honors from the the American Music Awards and the, you know, the CMAs. And, and I'm excited to, to have them here. Yeah, so uh, tickets are still available for that. Also coming up this month, uh, you have another uh, Live at Arms series production. We do. The Oshima brothers are coming. Um, they're two brothers that play sort of singer-songwriter folk music, and they're out of Maine. I've actually seen them at many conferences. I've been trying to get them to Finley for a couple of years now. Um, I'm excited that they're going to be here and, and performing it live at Arm. Uh The University of Finley Comedy Jam is coming up this month as well. Yeah, that's back too. Um, we work with the university to, to bring those comedians here, and it's a good lineup this year. Uh, Carolyn Rea is a big name. I think the university did a good job booking comedians this time. Um, and there are still tickets available for that. Um, it's open to everybody, not just folks you know from the university. Yeah, that is uh, one of the really uh, most unique events of the year in that uh, the University of Finley, the uh, students uh, there uh, actually do all the work in putting that on. You actually hosted, though, at the Marathon Center and have for the uh, past couple of years. Really a neat uh, e- event in that respect. It is, and it's a great way for so the students to learn how to, to promote a show. Yeah, um, you know, which is something we we do here all the time, but not a lot of uh, university students get the opportunity to do that. Uh, so, comedy jam, it's always an awful lot of fun, and uh, that is coming up uh, later on. I believe the 29th is the date on on that Saturday. That's the the 29th. 29th. Okay, um, yeah. a couple of family series shows uh, as we look ahead a little bit to early February. But again, you want to get tickets now uh, for a couple of family series shows that are coming up early next month. Yeah. So on the first, so very early we have for February 1st, we have uh, dinosaur world live. And if you haven't been to our website recently, they just released some new pictures. So if you go to our website and look at that, there's some fantastic pictures of what that show looks like. So giant dinosaurs. And- so is that the actual dinosaurs on stage? I mean, I I'm having trouble picturing that show <laughs> yeah um yeah they're di- the giant dinosaur puppets basically okay all right um, and you can see the people working them so you can see the mechanics but they're very realistic there's a t-rex that's incredibly realistic <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll be fun and, and we know kids are yeah. uh, always into dinosaurs so uh, get your tickets for that on uh, tuesday february 1st uh the spark series with dr kaboom is coming up in early february as well yeah, so the Spark Series is our performances um, for schools and homeschoolers. So kids come on their school bus and come to the show. And Dr. Kaboom is for slightly older kids, three, grades three to eight. And it's all about science. So it, he does, you know, experiments on stage and you, you know, watch electricity and it, it, it's a fun show. Um, and a couple of other uh, main stage shows uh, that I want to mention, uh, again, in the first part of February. Um well, the, the music of uh, Billy Joel and Elton John uh, is coming in early yeah. February. Yep, so that's Michael Cavanaugh. This will be his second time here. Um, he was in Moving Out on Broadway, the, the Billy Joel musical. 
Um, and he was, everybody loved him so much the first time that he had to come back. <laughs> Very talented singer, pianist. And uh, yeah, so uh, again, experience on Broadway, this is going to be a terrific show. And uh, Dueling Pianos is coming up. Is Are there tickets uh, left for Dueling Pianos? For Friday night. So that's February 11th and okay. 12th. The 12th is sold out. So okay. We still have tickets available for the 11th. Um, and that takes place at Alexandria's. Okay. And if you've never experienced a dueling piano performance, you uh, you should check it out. <laughs> uh, that was I, the, <laughs> a lot of energy. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to to mention because uh, I know it's still uh, a month away, but the tickets uh, in the past because they've done that uh, show before over at Alexandria's uh, have gone pretty quickly, and so if you want tickets. Uh, you better get them sooner rather than later, and uh, you can get those on the Marathon Center uh, website as well. Uh, so, again, uh, tickets are available uh, online for all of those shows. That's right, mcpa.org. And we've got that linked up at our webpage. You can check that out online. Heather Klo, the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts, uh, with a, a rundown of uh, some of the stuff that is coming up in the uh, month of January. Heather, thanks very much for the update. We appreciate it. Thank you, and Happy New Year. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And once again, remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, and that is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, a lot of people will take up a new exercise regimen as part of their fitness resolution for the new year. Jogging, weightlifting, CrossFit, and spinning you heard right as in spinning around in circles don't believe me we'll talk to the woman who pretty much pioneered the concept of spinning as exercise so until tomorrow morning that is good mornings for this morning now that you've had a good morning go on out and make it a good day we'll catch you back here tomorrow